Yeah. I love my HBCU. And bar. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a lot. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do a show since my team lost and I'm supposed to be quiet as a mouse. Oh, that's right. That's right. Texas other one. Texas other one. We can do a show. I got nervous. My wife's alma mater. I don't know if I ain't in We can do a show. We can do a show. Joshua Sims, they won. We can do a show. BJ Joe, alma mater, he won. AD Drew, they won. Cigars, cigars for all of you all out there traveling. Uh, we up a little bit against the clock, but we'll get it going. Obviously, we're all moving about, all doing our things, trying to make the uh, range. B.J. Jones is actually here with me. He is in Huntsville. I'm in Huntsville. Brought the wife and my son, Deuce, down. A.D. Drew's on the road, getting ready to travel back as soon as we get off here. We'll have a special appearance by Brian, so we'll get a little bit of the early synergy of sports rap of what y'all see later today. Joshua Sims doing his thing. They moved from Wednesday to Friday. Uh, got it going on. I was traveling, so uh, I was here hustling, but couldn't really get what I needed to do to make sure my voice was heard. But it is what it is in a lot of ways when you think about that. With that being said, welcome to episode 438 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU to ask for all things HBCU sports. For institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. Shortly, we just call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Oh, man, I've seen a couple of guys out there show us love. I'm sure you uh, experienced the BJ Jones talking about what we do on our platform. And they got a kick out on saying, hey, tell Mike to come on the show. Uh, I have to say he's out on assignment. Guess what? He's like, well, at least Charles is there. Guess what? Charles is out on assignment as well. Uh, so they're on the move. Uh, they both from Dallas traveling back. Um, Charles got the blessing to call the game play by play. Uh, he couldn't bring us some of that synergy he's done over the years, uh, getting it done with Jack State. But with that being said, let me go to you, A.D. Drew. How you doing today? Well, you, you were at the game. You was at homecoming. You and BJ were at homecoming. How y'all think I'm doing? Doing well. Doing well. You know, fam, you held held their end of the bargain, but God, dog. Yeah, jumped out three three nothing, and then that was the last we heard of the Golden Tigers on yesterday. Yes, yeah, so yeah, one of those first plays as you talk about, he got it down. And the problem was, it was a story of what was the rest of the night's could have, would have, should have. If he doesn't juggle the ball, he goes for six. 
Uh, and right. so you see what that looks like. He juggles. The guy was able to save it, and they tighten up and force him to a field goal, which is the three points you referenced. And the rest, we really don't want to talk about if you're a golden tiger. With that being said, Joshua. That's just Stone, one question, Doc. Yep. Did the Crimson Pipers win? No. 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 Damn. 0 for 2. <laughs> <laughs> no. I hate to bear that to you. No. Joshua <laughs> Sims. I, I was going to say that they did well. They did. Okay. But they, no. Joshua Sims. Man, I, I am, um, my entire household right now is all drinking hot tea and, and lemon tea. And uh, everybody, me, my wife, and, uh, the whole Sims clan this morning is drinking hot tea and just trying to get our boys back after what I the, the greatest uh, comeback in North Carolina Central football history yesterday. Wow. In the near sellout in the nest. And just for those who didn't know, this is a near sellout when across the road, college game day was in town across the road. Uh, you know, mm. across across the highway, they uh, across the street. They had college game day, and they had Notre Dame in town, and and our fans and Eagle Nation showed up inside of O'Kelly Riddick Stadium in droves last night. Stayed for a very very long football game. It was a very long football game. Stayed all the way to the end to watch what I believe to be the greatest greatest football game I've ever seen from North Carolina Central with my two eyes. Uh, that that was that was absolutely amazing. And uh, for those of you who stepped outside your body and had something to say about North Carolina Central, next time you'll learn to do what the Honorable Lewis Minister Farrakhan told Mike Wallace on television, you'll learn to just sometimes just be quiet. And so uh, we, we silenced a lot of haters last night, and we'll continue to do so. But, man, I, I am absolutely elated, man. As you can tell, I got, my, I got some eagle paraphernalia on this morning. Uh, and I got my, my hot tea right there on the table. So I'm, I might take a couple sips during the show. <laughs> well done. Well done, sir. Well done. And for those, we'll get a little more into it. But if you don't know what Joshua Sims is referencing, you need to wake up out of your slumber. But uh, they beat Campbell 49-48. It was in overtime. But at one point in that game in the second quarter, uh, they were down 35-14. Uh, so it was looking ominous. And I must admit, I had it up there and was 14, 14. I was watching the first part of the game. You know, they go back and forth. And I said, okay, this tie, this is game. Camel went up 21, 14. I said, they'll do it. And they kind of got to stop. I'm moving around the stadium. So I go up between where I'm sitting in the chair backs, uh, as you know, BJ Jones. And then I go up to the media. And so I look up, it's 35, 14. I was like, oh, Lord. So I turn it off. The game just seemed to go forever because somehow after I got everything, I decided to go check it back out. And I like they scored a tie, I think 35 35 or something like that. Uh, um, and I'm like, wow, all right, let's check this out. So I got to see the finish as well. BJ Jones, how you doing? Man, I'm tired, dog. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> Look, um, it's odd to have a homecoming when it's 91 degrees outside. Uh, like when we think homecomings in the fall and football, we don't think 91 degrees. That's exactly what we got here at Huntsville yesterday, man. It was, man, it was a scorcher, and everybody seemed to be excited about the contest, man. A lot of Tuskegee people have been talking, you know, all week, you know, and, and man, Doc, this game here, man, I looked at my daughter. I said, hey, uh, at the halftime, you want to go ahead and just get up out of here? She said, yes, please. 
<laughs> so, look, man, we, I, I spent I spent the second half watching North Carolina Central and then Campbell and uh, watching Southern and the Arkansas Pine Bluff. There was absolutely no need. We mixed some Alabama State and Alcorn in there, but there was absolutely no need uh, to sit there and, and watch the rest of it. We knew how that was going to go. We knew how it was going to go. Oh, yeah. It was it was tough. Uh, credit to Alabama A&M. They woke up. It was amazing how many people, for me, came in and gave Tuskegee that much of a shot. And I was like, I don't know what y'all been watching with Tuskegee. But I didn't. A couple of games. Yeah, and I know A.D. Drew, you focus on it. You said it coming in. But a couple of folks were like, oh, I, I called it. I called it last week. Remember, dog, I said, thank you, Tuskegee. You were going there and killed them. And I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I, I, and I, I went you. back. I went back after that show, Doc, and I went back and I watched Tuskegee. And I said, when I watched them, I was wrong. <laughs> I know you was like, uh-oh. I, I, I made like, it even worse. I made it even worse. I said, well, Tuskegee is going to catch one of these two Division One Alabama schools, one of these major-level Alabama schools, they're going to catch one of them slipping. Well, half of that is absolutely not going to happen. Alabama State, Maybe. Hey, Tuskegee, please, man. Don't do me like this, y'all. <laughs> wait, wait. I, I, I want to throw this in. All the Alabama schools play each other except Biles does not play Alabama A&M. When it's all said and done, it looks like Biles may win the state. Yes. Yeah, very well. Yep. And we've got a key matchup coming in that we'll get in the fourth segment about what uh, Miles faces this weekend, which will give us a lot of indication. In yeah. Precursor to the SIEC championship game, but I'm excited about that matchup. With that said, before we get into our first break, let me go to each one of you and say, what was your biggest surprise this past weekend and why? Starting with you, A.D. Drew. I would would do two quickly. Uh, Drew never can follow the rule. (laughs) Well, I'll just just get the one since, since I've got to follow the rule. With Prairie View losing to Grambling on Saturday, all eyes west of the Mississippi will be on Lorman, uh, Mississippi next week when Grambling and Alcord battle each other. That's my biggest takeaway. Uh, I, we, we was wondering if it was going to be mediocrity or parody in the West. It, it's, le- it's leaning more parody than mediocrity. Now, uh, originally, I thought it was going to lean towards mediocrity, but I'm, I, the, the scale is tipping towards parity. I think there's just that much that competitive in the West. That's my biggest okay. takeaway. And we'll, we'll try to come back to you get the next one in that you want. So hold on to that. B.J. Jones? Oh, man, for me, for Al- I mean, it was me. It was Alabama State. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Um, mm-hmm. Alabama State lost his game about 19 times yesterday before they finally lost it. <laughs> um. And, you know, talking to uh, some of the Alabama State people yesterday, man, they're frustrated down there. They are frustrated. They don't understand the the quarterback carousel, why there's need for it. And, oh, yeah, it's, it's rough on Montgomery. So and, uh, that's one that's, – that's, that's my biggest takeaway. Man, that's good. We'll have to get inside that in the next segment as well. Joshua Sims, senior. D-I-double-A South strikes again. <laughs> Livingstone whoops bully the CIAA South strikes again. I That's saw it. Biggest. I was so glad. I was so happy to see that yesterday. Nice. 
I was so happy to see that yesterday. I was following the game while I was inside the stadium. Me and Steven Gaither passed by each other, and he stepped by me and just, Oh, that's good. You got time, Andy Drew. Go back to you. What's the second one? You had two. Go ahead and give it out. Man, the way Fort Valley whooped up on Allen, it reminded them where their where their place is in the SIAC. That yes. is my number two takeaway. That's a good one. All of those are good ones. Let's get into our first break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll break down some of these matchups that we had last week for the matchups of the week to watch. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell leadership principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. For the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to laugh, and who the so listen to Professor uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. 
none other than A.D. Drew. We also have B.J. Jones, Joshua Sims Seniors in the house to give you a Sunday morning breakdown before you are those that go to church. We'll get it in. I'd be remiss. We're going to um, break it down a little bit where we'll get into these games, and I'll ask them point blank which one do they want to break down. So we're going to open it up. You know, sometimes in a lecture in the classroom when you got students of high caliber, you know, that just come in there, you allow them to flow in the, uh, the uh, lecture itself. And these gentlemen, what more can I say? With that being said, week four, Benedict Tigers still remain number one. So before we do that, let me give you the top seven, let you know how they fared this past weekend. Um, at number seven, you have West Virginia State Yellow Jackets. They won. So they keep moving as they uh, uh, get it done. You have Miles Golden Bears. They uh, got a Put out a beat down in one and, and they continue to thrive. You heard a little sneak in there with number five, Bowie State Bulldogs. They lost this weekend. Uh, and so they fall as their record continues uh, to go down. They fall a two and one in that tough Northern division. And we might have to change that after what the South is doing. And number four, Allen Yellow Jackets lost a tough matchup. Drew said, keep your eyes on it. And he wanted to know, were they for real? Well, we got a glimpse. Um, maybe they're not quite ready for the big-time primetime show, but, hey, it was a hell of a ride. And number three, Tuskegee Golden Tigers lost to Alabama A&M. Tough one there. They really uh, got it put to them. I think Golden Tigers are a little ahead of the schedule. So I know for a lot of Tiger fans, they're frustrated with the loss, um, but your program is building. They'll be okay. And number two, Virginia State Trojans, they just keep winning. Dr. Henry Frazier, the third up there getting it done in so many different ways. 5-0, 3-0 in the season, two first-place votes. be interesting to see the way he's rolling. Can he strip another first-place vote against Benedict Tigers, who won big, but not quite as big as they used to win it, which is sometimes challenging when you're out front. The expectation level is not just about a win. Now it's how you win. But credit to Benedict Tigers. Uh, they got a win streak that is really going, especially when you look at what they've done in the conference the last couple of years. Seven first-place votes. They get it done. Let's go to the major division and let you know what took place there. We had a top seven matchup, six and seven, and the Tigers get it done. Game kind of went back and forth. Two key plays for me in that matchup, and I like to see what people uh, think about it as they go into it. it. was late in the first half. Grambling got a huge stop on third down when Prairie mm -hmm. was on the three, got it to essentially the one-yard line and could not get it in. And then to make worse of everything, they missed the field goal uh, that could have made it closer and kind of went back and forth. Sundiata Anderson, preseason defensive player of the year, was not able to play the first three quarters because of the ejection he had in the previous game. He comes in in the fourth, he's fresh, and you know he's angry. He makes, to me, what was the key play after what was a tough, Fourth down call that a lot of people were questioning at the time, but they stuffed Prairie View on fourth and one, and he was the guy that made the play uh, to get in the backfield. Then he comes back on the next series where they stopped, run down some clock, but they able to get the ball back. He gets the rush attack and gets to Connolly just enough time to tip his hand, uh, knock it off or tip the ball just a little bit, and it falls short of the receiver that was running wide. And because of that, it ends up being an interception. Katie Board door, it's over. With that being said, Prairie View loses two to three at six at number five. Jackson State did not play. 
handling pirates, commanding win over Richmond Spiders, making their statement as the uh, like uh, looks like a lot of HBCU programs want a piece of Richmond this year. <laughs> Number three, Tennessee State Tigers lose. They go up 10 nothing, but then they're outscored 20 uh, to zero the rest of the game. So they lose 20 to 10. North Carolina Central Eagles, you heard about that, Campbell Campbells. Uh, they win 49 to 48 in overtime. Huge comeback win to make it exciting and exhilarating for everybody. Florida AM, pedestrian, if you would, which is again a number, number one team. Start off a little slow, but then they close strong, win 31-7. So you see that with Valley this year. It'll be interesting to see how that comes. They play for a half with just about anybody. And then uh, after that, it gets uh, ridiculous pretty fast. With that being said, let's get into some of these matchups. The first one we had last week for the game of the week, and I want to remind everybody, we usually do the mid-major games of the week, but there were only a couple of mid-major uh, games that were played in terms of independence or classics. So we pulled in some of these other matchups. So the first one we did was a mid-major classic game of the week. Uh, it was number three, mid-major Tuskegee Golden Tigers. Uh, they were versus on the road, homecoming for number nine in terms of the Alabama a and two and two. They get it done. Uh, A&M win 58-3, takes down Tuskegee. I'll start with you, Drew, to talk a little bit about that matchup, and I'll see which one of the guys want to give you a little bit of that as well. Doc was only able to catch uh, the first quarter, quarter and a half of this particular uh, matchup because uh, because of my schedule on yesterday. But like you said, a lot of missed opportunities for Tuskegee. I mean, as much as Tuskegee has been – squeaking by in the SIAC, you know, they do have some depth issues as far as injuries are concerned. And, and, and as we all know, most teams have somebody in that number two spot who can step up to the number one. The problem is threes are threes for a reason. Fours are fours for a reason. You don't have anybody who can uh, generally step up into those reserve minutes the way that the reserve can step into those to those starters minutes. And especially when you're talking about the comp competition level from a Division two to a Division one program, it caught up with Tuskegee, and boy, it caught up bad with Tuskegee. And I see Dr. Paul Bryant is on the uh, show this morning. Paul, why you have to do us like that, man? You, you, I mean, we... we we are supposed to be family, Paul, man. You you didn't have to do us like that. I mean, get the dub, but damn, you didn't have to you didn't have to do us like that. Dr. Uh, Bryant, man, he uh treated me first class. I really appreciate the way that uh, he get things done. Uh they got people in and out of there, record crowd attendance. Shout out to the Bulldogs. You talking about taking that next up, and they certainly had a good time. I was there. BJ Jones was there. Well, let me get his thoughts in terms of what took place. Alabama AM dominated in all three facets of the game, special teams, defensively, offensively. Um, it was apparent early that Tuskegee was outmatched. Um, and there was nothing that Tuskegee was going to be able to do uh on uh yesterday. I called it last week. I said Tuskegee would Would upset Alabama AM for homecoming. I look like a buffoon. I went back and looked at the doc said, Hey, you might want to look a little closer at Tuskegee. I did exactly that. I went and watched them 
uh, play against Lane. I went in and, and watched their games from the season. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, but at that point, I had already called it, so I was kind of stuck with it. But Alabama A&M did what you needed to do when you play a, a opponent that's not on the level that you are, and that's to dominate. And, and that's what the Bulldogs did on yesterday. Um, so uh, shout out to the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Did what you're supposed to do. They got a huge one next week in Mobile against Jackson State. So uh, celebrate this one. Hey, after today at, at noon, reset. It's straight Jackson State. I love it. Man, it's going to be tough to talk about some of these games of the week next week, uh, particularly in the SWAC. You got a lot of key matchups. Uh, and it's it's probably going to be like that the rest of the year in terms of week to week, you know, how we kind of see things going. Joshua, I'm going to get into the next matchup because I want you to get in here. Uh, this one was thrilling, as you said. We actually made this major division game our independent non-conference mid-major division game of the week uh, because we didn't have any uh, significant ones. A lot of teams were off independent-wise this past week at the mid-major level. So we decided to go to Durham, North Carolina, Old Kelly, Riddick Stadium, Hall of Fame game. Uh, we went from the Coastal, formerly known as the Colonial, CAA, and the MEAC matchups. And those have been some fascinating matchups. I think it's now, what, four and four on the season? Five and five, actually, six and five now. Uh, Howard won yesterday. North Carolina Central won yesterday. Norfolk State lost. So we go up. We, we went up one victory on. Yeah, just three games yesterday. Thank you. Good one. Sat September 30th, 3 p.m. I, I tried to forget that uh, A&T game for Norfolk. A valiant effort. Of, I mean, man, you talk about getting in the old. A lot much going on. They went down 16, got the first two-point conversion after scoring and couldn't get the second one, uh, and then couldn't get a stop to try to get it back and maybe win it on the field goal. Crazy, crazy. But let's get into the game we want to talk about. Camel Camels, two and one on the season, fall of two and three, uh, one and two at North Carolina Central. That improved to four and one uh, as they are rolling, 48 to 49. Told you about the score overtime. But break this down and tell us why this was – as you alluded to, the biggest comeback in the history of the Eagles of North Carolina Central? Um, for, for those of you who are not very, very familiar, North Carolina Central became a full-time Division I athletic program in 2010 and completed our full season inside of Mideastern Athletic Conference in 2011. And because of uniquely where we sit inside of the state of North Carolina, for those who may not be familiar with the demographics of the state of North Carolina, North Carolina Central sits smack dab in the middle of the research triangle uh, area of North Carolina. We're about 10 minutes away from Duke, 15 minutes away from Chapel Hill, 20 minutes away from NC State. So we sit smack dab in the middle of all those institutions. Yesterday, Durham, North Carolina, in, intentionally, Durham yesterday, Durham yesterday was on fire. Shaw had a game down the highway. Um, they had a home game. They played their home games in Durham. Uh, uh, the contemporary institution that's across the street, they had a game yesterday that hosted uh, college game day. And then North Carolina Central yesterday had the Hall of Fame game. And, and first, Doc, I just want to give a super, super shout-out uh, before I get into the game for Eagle Nation showing up yesterday. The parking lots were full for, for tailgating yesterday. Uh, there were a lot of people that got into the stadium early, including my family and I, got in the stadium early, went and hit the concession stands early, went and got the food, went to the food trucks early, got to their seats early. And what was a very, very long football game yesterday um, it stayed the entire game. Uh, but as it pertains to the game, yesterday, uh, Campbell jumped out as we knew they would. 
Campbell jumped out with that pertinent and persistent offense, that up-tempo offense that we saw last year. And last year, we just did not have the dogs in the moment to be able to withstand the onslaught during this game last year. But this year, we knew that they were going to throw everything they could. They were going to throw the kitchen sink at us to jump out there early. Biggest difference. Biggest difference between last year and this year is that in moments last year, when they jumped out there, we didn't respond. Early in the game, we did not respond. And this year, under the guidance of QB1, the most dynamic, best dual threat quarterback in all of college football. And if you have not watched that game, I want you guys to go back and watch that game. Everybody that's on the lab, that's in the lab this morning, I want you to go back and watch this game. I want you to go back and watch Davius Richard in the eyes of tons of NFL scouts last night. I was there. I spoke to tons of NFL scouts yesterday. Postseason bowl game scouts were there yesterday. Postseason award scouts were there yesterday. If I began to ran, run down the litany and list of how many people were in attendance yesterday watching this game, and they stayed throughout the entire game. Number 11 showed everybody in college football why he is the best quarterback in all of HBCU football, most dynamic. If you watch this game in the second half, and you watch it in the first half, from the first play to the last play, this brother put the game and put this team on his back. But the second half, it started in the second last part of the second quarter. The defense found something. The defense found something against this Campbell team. And I want to give a humongous shout-out to Brandon Conjunction. B. Cod enters into this game in the later part of the second quarter and plays the entire second half. And North Carolina Central is this close to having yet another team that they hold scoreless in the second half. One touchdown in the second half that ended up taking us to, to overtime. But this defense in particular, Coach Cord, I don't know, and I won't say right now what he found in that last part of the second quarter. But they go on a tremendous run in that second half. They buy our offense the best field position that we could have asked for. And Davius Richard, Latrell Mookie Colliers, these are all names y'all familiar with now. If you paying attention to HBCU football, you know these names. Jamari Taylor, Torcelli Simpkins, and that offensive line who gave up one sack and has only given up two sacks the whole season. This Offensive line and this offense with Davies and Latrell and Jamari, they show that it does not matter how much you throw at us early. And this is a potent offense over there at Campbell. I got to give my hat off to them. They are potent. They've been potent. They will continue to be potent. And if you don't have a defense that can hunker down and settle in and do what it needs to take, and if you don't have a guy like number 11, you will, most of these other teams will lose. School down the highway, you got to see them down the road. You know what it feels like to have to come back against these people. It's tough. It's rough. But I have to give my hat off to number 11. Five total touchdowns, 365 total yards, and five touchdowns yesterday. If you ain't, if, if you're an NFL scout and you have not paid enough attention to this young man, 
you 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 losing you you losing stuff. The league right now is in a whole nother direction. You need to be paying attention to this brother, man. And there were a ton of scouts in there last night that had a chance to witness what this brother can do when the opportunity is put up against him. Led us to a drive. And, and shout out to Adrian Olivo. Most kickers would have gotten down in that moment. He missed the kick to win the game. And most kickers would have gotten down in that moment. And we all looked over at Adrian Olivo, but me in particular, I told him, be ready because your moment is getting ready to come right now. Defense blocks the kick, and look what this brother does. He kicks the extra point to win us the game and becomes second all-time in school history and in, in, uh, in all-time scoring in school history yesterday as well. So it was an all-around great game, man, Hall of Fame game, Doc. I, I, I could not be more elated, but it's on to the next week. We got Elon next week. I'm excited. Man, well, it's our uh, church on Sunday morning. Yeah, I, seeing, man. A breakdown. I didn't know if we were doing a sermon, a lecture, or a license. He did it all three in one. <laughs> Lynn, <laughs> hold that brick, hold it up there. Keep going. Put a lamp. Let the church say, Amen. I'm excited. Oh, we're gonna take our next break and come back on the other side because I don't want anybody to follow them directly. That just ain't nice. It ain't really nice. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Brian Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Welcome. 
press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. As I said, I promise you I'd give you your cigars. So I just want to make sure you had your cigar and you understood. Shout out uh, to BJ Jones, Joshua Sim Senior, AD Drew. He got to split his cigar, uh, but you got one on one side. I got. I, I get to smoke a short. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. With that, I'm gonna stick with you, uh, so you won't have to follow Joshua directly. We're going to go to the SIAC and then the CIAA. I'll come back to Joshua in that matchup. We had a top uh, eight matchup, if you would. Number four, Allen Yellow Jackets. We're 4-0, uh, 2-0 in conference coming in this game. They also fall to 4-1 at number eight, Fort Valley State. That was 3-1, 3-0. So two matchup between undefeated in conference play. So it's a huge matchup uh, as things are heating up in the SIAC in terms of who's going to be two top teams. Remember, you can't take advantage of the divisional alignments in terms of winning a division and facing the other one. Now you got to find out to be the top two to play in the championship game. So fascinating to see how this plays out. A.D. Drew, what were your thoughts in terms of this game between the Yellow Jackets and the Wildcats? It was in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, Kelvin Durham, last year's SIEC Player of the Year. Against David Wright, who has, was quietly leading the charge to be this season's SIAC Player of the Year. Kevin Dorn flat out took the challenge and said, not so fast, my brother. Uh, both these guys are young, you know, we're gonna see we're gonna see this battle for the next for the next couple of years, as both these guys have a minimum of one year if not two years of eligibility, eligibility remaining. But Kelvin Dorn, three touchdowns on the day, uh, set the tone, set, set it early for uh, for Fort Valley, and they essentially took control of this game early and basically did not let off the gas against, uh, against Allen. So uh, – you know, it's 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 it, it's it's a unique dynamic. Allen is a good team, but they're a B student right now. They're not they're they're not that 4.0 student like Fort Valley is or Miles or you know Benedict is in the honors classes. You know they they in those AP IB classes and everything else. Benedict uh, Allen is passing. Allen Allen has good grades. They're 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 that three point they're that student who gets looked, but they're they're not going to get the, the all the big scholarship money that you get when you go on to the next level. Just taking a look at the uh, quarterback comparison between the two, David Wright, twenty eight of fifty one for three hundred sixty six uh, yards, two touchdowns. But with Kilton, the four INTs, while Kelvin Durham. 30, 30, uh, 22 of 31, 332, five touchdowns, zero INTs. Man, Drew, you say that at first I thought you were trying to convince me about Allen, but then you came back with the scenario with the grades. I was like, yeah, and broke it down with the interceptions. I like that. That was pretty good save there when you talk about uh, 4.0 honor classes, perfectly done. Joshua Sims Senior, let me set you up for this one. Fascinating when you talk about Johnson C. Smith showing a little moxie coming from behind to get it done. They were literally down at half, 20 to 7. 
neither team scored in the third quarter, but they put up 14 points, big, huge points, obviously, uh, in the fourth quarter to win 21-20. What were your thoughts on this matchup in Elizabeth City, North Carolina? It was homecoming uh, for the Elizabeth City State Vikings. Johnson Smith come in uh, with a total all strength that I have in the ranking system at nine. Elizabeth City was 23 and got out there but could not hold on to bring that homecoming victory back uh, back with them uh, for all the friends and family. Joy, not to be, but what were your thoughts with the Golden Bulls getting it done? Yeah, this one is, uh, again, man, another testament, man, to Johnson C. Smith this year finding ways to finish games. Um, the last few years, really, uh, for a long time, Johnson C. Smith's kind of coup de gras has been that they don't know how to finish games. They'll find themselves in games like this, and they don't know how to finish games. But this Johnson C. Smith team is not your grandfather's Johnson C. Smith team. They know how to finish games. That second half, that defense goes lights out against Elizabeth City, who really, honestly, in the first half, played a really good game. I mean, Elizabeth City State, given, I mean, it's homecoming, all the energy and all the, all the uh, pomp and circumstances that come with it being a homecoming game. Elizabeth City came out, and they come out, they came out swinging. Johnson C. Smith goes in at halftime. They go back out. They come back out of halftime, and they literally, literally put the hammer down in the second half. 14 unanswered in the second half by Johnson C. Smith. Um, the running game starts to get rolling in the second half of Johnson C. Smith. And when they are able to stay ahead of the chains, they are one of the, if not the most dangerous offense in the entire CIAA. You know, obviously keeping Virginia State out of mind. But everybody else, ask everybody else, Johnson C. Smith is no joke, man. When they get that running game going and then they're able to go back over the top with the run, after the running game, Johnson C. Smith is dangerous, man. So I really, really commend this Johnson C. Smith team, man. They're able to finish games, Doc in a way that we haven't seen them be able to do so in years prior. Good stuff. Good stuff there. B.J. Jones, I want to go independent, Tennessee State. They were number three ranked coming in at 2-1, and 1-0 one, one and oh, all. They take on the conference foe in the Big South, OVC. This is a traditional OVC matchup. Um, they were coming off a week off after a big conference win. They got against Garner Webb. People wanted to see could Tennessee State take the next step. They started out the game like they were. They jumped up 10-0 uh, uh, before the Skyhawks had a comeback of their own and just held them scoreless in the second half. Um, a field goal, then a touchdown for the Tigers, going up 10-0. Skyhawks did score before half, bringing it to 10-7, and they scored right before half with 48 seconds that really stymied the Tigers 14-10 uh, in that matchup. Skyhawks get a field goal in the third and then a touchdown to really pull away uh, in the fourth. So they outscored uh, Tennessee State 20 to zero in terms of 20 straight points to hold the Tigers down, who fall obviously two and two, one and one in the race. This was on the road, Martin, Tennessee, Hardy, M. Graham Stadium. Uh, it was on ESPN. So I got to catch it up here and there. Uh, but uh, they let, let this one. Uh, go in the other direction for the Tigers after they were excited in a lot of ways. What were your thoughts in terms of the matchup? Man, the biggest thing um, for Tennessee State, man, was missed opportunities. Even when they went and got that field goal, that, that was a drive that should have been a touchdown. Two plays before that field goal, they go um, to take a shot at the end zone, and kid was wide open. It was just simply just overthrew it. Um, 
So it was small things like that for Tennessee State. I was hoping that Tennessee State would get this one, uh, you know, to give them that that bump in the conference. Uh, really hoping uh, now that Tennessee State can take this positive momentum because I don't think that this was a bad loss by any stretch. UT Martin, uh, one of the stronger teams in the OVC Big South Challenge, as they're calling it. Uh, I, I really like the Tennessee State uh, team, Doc. If they can play consistent, the problem that we've had with Tennessee State in the past, when when it looks like they're turning the corner, uh, and they've beaten teams like a Jacksonville State or Eastern Kentucky in the past, uh, they'll drop a close one like this, and then just start dropping them, you know, one you know one after the other. And I hope that's not the case here. We'll see how it plays out next week uh, for Tennessee State uh, as and, and uh, the rest of the season. Karen Griffin says, Benedict T.U. or S. Savannah State and Miles College. All things will be Savannah State. <laughs> All things will be Savannah State. Especially after that loss to EWU. Uh, yeah, all things will be Savannah State. Man, they can't make Savannah State, boy. You got to really watch the coaching turnover when you make moves. Obviously, they leave the MIAC a couple of years ago. Uh, they had their way with SIAC teams at the time. Obviously, the more scholarships. Every once in a while, they'd have a little uh, good fight in terms of the MIAC and push the top of the envelope. But now they come back, first couple of years, thought they were going to be a major player in the SIEC. Last couple of years, though, um, you forget about Savannah State, as you said. Nope. So that coaching change killed that. That coaching change killed that culture. Yeah, real quick. And we told and they, it, and, question that hire a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into our last segment. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the State Fair Classic in Dallas. Let you know what took place. Top seven teams kind of hinted at a little bit, but we'll go inside the numbers there a little deeper. Then we'll get into our MIAC game of the week, North Carolina A&T, Norfolk State Spartans. And we'll get with the SWAT game of the week, which was in Pine Bluffs, Arkansas, Simmons Bank Field, Southern Jaguars, Arkansas Pine Bluffs. Everybody keeps trying to put the dirt on the Jaguars. <laughs> if this statement means anything, exactly. Not so fast. The tumbo style. Not in my house. Stick with me right after this break. We'll come back on the other side. And I know they were on the road, but I'm just saying. Stick with us after this break. Itchy. Squirmy. Scratchy. Family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471. thamptonlaw.com. Nope. 
Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Stride K-12 Powered Schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a law, yeah, and who's about, who's about. So listen to Professor, yes sir, and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. I see BJ Jones is getting in. Uh, he continue with the homecoming festivities and parties. That's what you do on the road. Especially when your team wins, man. It's something different when you're traveling back in the car, particularly a long ride, an hour or two, maybe three. It's 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 a different feeling when you get the victory. Now, even in the airports, you know, you're smiling and folks ask you, slant around. You don't have to worry about the folks in the front. You just, you're good. You make it easy. But those loss, everything bothers you. Everything yeah. gets on your nerves with the loss. You're like, man, why they got to do this? Check you in like that. Why? I just want to get some <laughs> So we we had G Holly say he's coming back from Dallas, boy, three hours, three and a half hours, depending on what side of Houston you live on. But it gets to be a long ride. And this is the first time for me in a long time that the storm took it on the chin. So stay fair classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prairie, we got double double losses yesterday in regards to that. And this is not just me talking about it. This is a couple of Prairie View fans were disappointed. Oh, right. In Dallas. And shout out, shout out to Curly Buck, Grammar fan. He came over there and mixing with the frat brothers. We got a chain that we talked with Alabama and Bulldogs. Uh, we got them all in there. Grandma State in there, Texas Southern, Prairie View mixed up in there so we get good banner going back uh, between the brotherhood. And Curly Buck got to put out his chest, stopping a five-game win streak. Hey, man, he got the L. He talking about, well, what was that? Well, as the tornado that came through here. It wasn't about nothing. I said, what? Oh, I said, they talking to us and grabbing right now. So let me go to you, Andy Drew, and set this up. Stat-wise, this game was – Really close in a lot of ways. Trazon Conley put up 224 yards. Miles Crowley put 241. Now, he threw two touchdowns. Conley had the big interception late. Um, rushing yards. 
Granted, 208. Prairie View put up 126 yards. A lot of hitting yards in there. Not turnovers wasn't bad and things of that nature, but fascinating when you look at the final. Uh, Grambling had 12 penalties for 85 yards. Prairie View, 7 for 79. Dip and tuck. Grambling scored late to kind of pull it away when Prairie View couldn't get it there, which is another discussion. We'll see what that is. Coach said it was personal. <laughs> it made sure. Now, he ran it up the gut. Let me put that out there. Uh, but you could have easily took a knee, so I was intrigued about that play uh, in itself, uh, about the uh, different framework of coaching. But, A.D. Drew, what were your overall thoughts on this matchup with Grambling getting it done, 35-20, to 20, stopping the five-game win streak and giving Prairie the first conference loss of the season? I, I told you all, all last week, Prairie View wins this game, then you could pretty much chalk them and pencil them in as a potential West champion. Grambler wins this game. Now everything everything is wide open once again. Doc, this this appeared to be one of those good old-fashioned heavyweight fights from back in the 80s. You, you had two punchers who like to deliver body blows, i.e. the running game from both of, both of these two teams. And this, this was a close game going into the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, somebody hit with one of those George Foreman shots to the ribs. And oh, there, there it was, that rib crack uh, just a little bit. And and Gramden was able to go go ahead and and knock out, knock Prairie. They didn't knock him out, but they was able to win the decision because of that body blow. And, you know, the preview was just never the same in the fourth quarter with that early onslaught in the fourth quarter. And Doc, we looked at the history of this on the sports wrap. This series has been streaky. One team will win four, the other team will win five. Somebody else will come back and win three in a row. Somebody else will come back and win four or five in a row. So Doc, I'm sorry to tell you, but history is a is a predictor of future performance. It's going to be tough there in Prairie View for the next three, four years, just based on how this series has gone in the past. Great point. Great point. It is, it is one to keep your eyes on. And trust me, I think there are a lot of Panthers out there that knows that as well would frustrate them a little more in terms of this. This was a season I thought that the Prairie View were not going to quite be where it needed to be just because they have some tough matchups on the road. Got off to a better start than I thought and started to believe a little bit. Now you're like, I don't know. But it'll be interesting. They still have some big matchups and games ahead of them. Obviously, Grambling and Southern – Back to where they like to be, 2-0 in the conference play at the top of the conference. And so look out now. Uh, are you classic? Uh, anyone? A lot of football to be played. We'll see. In fact, we'll get into a key matchup uh, as we go around and finish our three matchups that may determine a little more about it this weekend, which is fascinating. With that being said, let me go to you, B.J. Jones, in terms of Southern. Going on the road, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, much like people looked at Tuskegee going into Alabama and m a lot of folks were saying, hey, could Arkansas Pine Bluff playing pretty well? People questioning about Southern. Uh, all for a week uh, after they got right of the ship, some people were looking at maybe Golden Lions. No. They got shut out. You talking about the defense. Everybody knew Southern defense was for real, and they hang on to that as they get it done. 27 to nothing for the Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, Get shut out. The Southern Jaguars are playing well. 
Blood had 18 to 22 and 25 yards, two touchdowns. He did have an interception, uh, but he looked good. Burroughs continues to do what he does, 102 yards, 15 carries, and a touchdown. B.J. Jones, what were your thoughts of, of, of this matchup? Southern did what needed to be done. Uh, coming off a of bye week, uh, defensively, um, this defense has continued to play well uh, the entire season. Um, yesterday was a feather in the cap. Um, so shout out to that defensive staff, uh, Coach Graves, uh, and, and those guys um, over there. They they've been doing it all uh, all year. Saw some changes on the offensive line. They got some. Um, and I thought, oh, Coach, Coach Miller, DC. Can't can't forget him. Henry Miller, DC. Got to remember him. Um, there were some changes made up front offensively on the offensive line that has seemed to pay dividends. Uh, Harold Blood pretty much had a clean jersey yesterday. First time all year. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the UAPB defensive line probably didn't even know what Harold Blood looks like. They probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup uh, this morning. Uh, and, and that's something that we've been asking for. We've been clamoring uh, to see. And this is the biggest thing, Doc. Coming to this ball game, Southern had one of the worst rushing offenses uh, in the SWAT, only averaging about 2.9 yards per carry. Mm. You look at that yards per carry average yesterday, over six. Um, it all starts up front. That's why I tell people. Offensive line and defensive line. It doesn't matter who you have on the outside. You can quote the names, the stats, the heights, the weights, and what they run. If you don't have it up front, you ain't got it. And and yesterday it started up front. Uh, Southern's dominated. Uh, you know, dominated that ball game. Sets up huge contact t- contest next week that a lot of people would have sneezed at and overlooked. Um, Friday, uh, but fam, you guys come to Baton Rouge. On next Saturday, uh, and that's gonna be interesting. Oh, you got me excited! Oh, we gotta find a way to make that a game of the week. Uh, with that being said, before I go to Joshua to talk about this AT Norfolk matchup, another one good one is gonna be that Grambling Allcorn. Oh, boy, it's some matchups next week. You got Jackson, Alabama, AM. Man, what's up? 2 30, a three o'clock, Black West, baby. Black West, baby. <laughs> Throwing up, no, it's gonna be wild. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. But before we do that, we got to finish up this week and get we got to do it right. Uh, Norfolk, Virginia, William Dick Price Stadium. Obviously, you have the coastal, only known as the colonial versus the MIAC. This is one all the other games people were comfortable saying they're gonna get it done, but this is the one that you really thought Norfolk State was gonna take that next step, get it done. They fall in the hole early to make a valiant comeback, but couldn't close it out and get it done. North Carolina State Aggies get a win. They go to one and three, 0 and one, and they get it against Norfolk State Spartans that fall to two and three uh, early on. This was, I had AT, 20 of 21 HBC programs in the strength rankings based on how they had all in. You knew basically all they could do is run, and Norfolk State allows them to run all over in that matchup. I had Norfolk State climbed all the way to eight uh, in terms of what, but too much to be done for them. They couldn't get it done in so many different ways. 28 to 26 as the two-point, last two-point try for Norfolk State Spartans as they had the ball fall short. Joshua, what do you think about this matchup? 
I mean, just when you, just when you, finally starting to like, you know, show some attention to detail when it comes to Norfolk State. I mean, you start. We starting to. I think we all were just like, "Come on, Norfolk, just come on, Norfolk." And they just wet the bed at the crib. I mean, it's just like, come on, and it's like all teams. For you to wet the bed against, man. Of all teams for you to do that against. You do this against the school down the highway, man. Listen, you know, you know what they gonna do, man. You know what they gonna do. Now I got to give it up. And I don't ever Dr. Cavill, BJ, AD, y'all know this. I don't ever do this for this school. The school down the highway don't, they get one of these for me once every three months. I get it quarterly, and that's it. (laughs) Today is the first day of quarter four. It's October 1st. Today is the first day of the fourth quarter. They using it up already. They getting it now, and they won't get it again the rest of the year. (laughs) They have found their starting quarterback. School down the highway, you have found your starting quarterback. Ain't no more, ain't no more back and forth. You done found him. Kevin Jerome Gerald White the third. I don't know if that's his real name, but I'm gonna call it like that. <laughs> Kevin White is your starting quarterback. Not only did he give you at least pedestrian passing yesterday, he gives you 11 carries for a buck 15 and two touchdowns. That's how you get it done. Young Bull, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's a freshman. Yep. That's to it. get that done yesterday, and I, I, I mean, listen, Norfolk State, Otto Coons is, is a, uh, he's, he's an opportunity away from really being maybe top half of the conference as far as quarterback. But I was extremely impressed by this young man yesterday. A freshman comes into this game, with a coach who's looking for his first win of his career, of his head coaching career, and he does that yesterday. I was extremely impressed, man. Over 200 all-purpose yards yesterday, two touchdowns yesterday. I'm, I'm impressed. Young young fellow, congratulations, man. Great game yesterday. Way to go get that W. God almighty, man. Come on, Norfolk. Come on, Norfolk. Puppy yeah, pride. I see. Puppy pride, y'all. I think you. A&T put up 275 yards. Norfolk State put up 230 yards per pass was 9.8. So when he did pass, it was very effective um, in terms of that matchup. You talked about White, 6 of 10, 98 yards, did have a one interception. And Coons went 15 to 30, 165 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but those hidden yards and the rushing yards uh, was very much there as Norfolk falls to the Aggies, 28-26. We talked about some of these key matchups. Let's go through this before we close out. Go to you, B.J. Jones. What are some key matchups you're looking for for next week uh, that has you excited? Uh, you at least want to keep your eyes on. You know I can't hear you, B.J. Got, uh, got three of them. Go hit you real quick. Start first one, Mobile, Alabama. Alabama A&M takes a trip to, to Mobile, to host Jackson State, um, you you can pretty much call it up with an elimination game um, as far as the East. 
um, in the SWAC West. Uh, you got two of them. Uh, the East and West matchup, Fam U goes to Baton Rouge, face off against Southern. Uh, and then Alcorn and uh, Grambling. Alcorn hosts Grambling for homecoming. Homecoming down on the reservation. Oh. Grambling comes in. Um, Alcorn loses, loses it, man. It's pretty much over. Uh, Grambling loses it. Just keep on with the chaos. <laughs> keep on with the uh, with the keep on. Uh, so those are, are, are my three key ones uh, right there. Also, don't forget about Miles Benedict coming up next week, um, which is Miles' homecoming. So yeah, that's, that's, that's those are the ones to watch. I see. Let me go to you, Ad Drew. Uh, what are you keeping your eyes on this week? Start. Let's start in the uh, CIAA. A uh, Virginia State, Bowie State. Bowie State disappointing loss on yesterday. A win gets them back into the into the race. It creates a a glut in the uh, CIAA North, in which all three teams will have one loss at that point. A win by Virginia State pretty much puts Virginia State in the driver's seat. With Union hoping that they can, you know, catch State at the end of the season. I said it at the start of the show in the in the SWAT. Every everybody's going to be looking in Loma, Mississippi, to see what happens with that SWAT West race with Alcorn and Grambling. But the coup de gras, you know, very few times do you see the middleweight fight be the fight that there's the feature card. It's got to be Miles and Benedict. The top two defenses in the SIAC. The top two offenses in the SIAC. All year, I've been talking about Kelvin Doom and David Wright as the top two quarterbacks in the SIAC. Has anybody been paying attention to what's been going on in Fairfield, Alabama, with Edwin Klein-Peter Jr. leading the charge for the Miles Golden Bears? I mean, he, he is definitely trying to make sure he puts his name into that conversation. A win over Benedict would definitely vault him into that conversation. Man, I like what you said there, breaking it down. In that game with Benedict and Miles, it's in Fairfield, Alabama, for those uh, that weren't thinking about it. You also talked about earlier the Virginia State-Bowie State matchup. That is in Bowie, Maryland, boy. So that's another one in terms of keep your eyes on. Let me go to you, Joshua. What are your thoughts in terms of matchups this week that has you excited? Yeah, man, uh, just kind of starting in, in the swag, man. It goes without saying, but I'm going to be paying attention to this game. Um, that FAMU Southern game is going to be a game I'm going to have my eyes peeled on. That's a big-time matchup. Um, but I'm a potential uh, conference championship matchup. Absolutely. And this game can go a long way if it pulls out this way to see where it's played, more importantly. Is it in Tallahassee? Then Baton Rouge on the bluff. Good point. And that, that is the part right there, what you just said, Doc. That's the part that's most intriguing about this game is because this mm -hmm. game may very well possibly set the setting for when we get to late October, November, and all this stuff that's going to happen because there's more chaos that's going to happen in the SWAC. But this game right here could literally be the lightning or the, or the fireworks that makes all the chaos go off in there. So I'm going to be paying attention to that one. Also, simultaneously in the SWAC, I will be paying attention to Jackson State, Alabama, A&M. It's a big-time game. A&M coming along. I mean, Quincy Casey is playing 
just as good a football at quarterback right now as any quarterback in the country. Want to see what he does against that Jackson State defense. Want to see if, uh, what, what Jason Brown does against this Alabama A&M, who's all very well so opportunistic. They will take advantage of opportunities if you do so. Want to take, make, make sure I take advantage of that. I also have your point on that Alabama AM. You talking about possibly finding a way to host the championship game. That makes that FAMU game more interesting in November if they're able to get this. Obviously, you got Magic City and more games to be played, but it further makes the mark in terms of as we start to kind of huddle around the masses. So I like what you're talking when you say keep your eyes on that one as well. In both could, years. could possibly be an elimination game, ladies and gentlemen. That's big, that's why that game is very, very intriguing. I'll be looking to see what the line looks like in that game. And then over to the MEAC. Uh, obviously, the MEAC has another week, another opportunity to go 2-0 and versus the Colonial or the, or the Coastal or whatever, the Colonel, whatever it is they call themselves. <laughs> He's a Colonel. Morgan State. All right. I got Morgan State. Please, y'all. Come on. You got Stony Brook next week. You back at the house. It's Stony Brook. We need Morgan State to get this W to solidify a winning record against the, against the CAA. North Carolina Central again plays against Elon, who beat William & Mary yesterday, who was the perennial power inside the CAA with, since, uh you know, for the last two years. Looking forward to seeing that game. And then obviously goes without saying, want to see what my big dog is going to do, my OG, Coach Dr. Henry Frazier III does, going up to Bowie for their homecoming. Woo! It's homecoming at Bowie this week. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. That's my last one, Doc. Uh, good one by all of y'all. I have my eyes on all of those games as we do, and we'll talk about it next Sunday to give you an update. We'll see if we can find Mike Washington and Charles Bishop as they're out on assignment. We'll see if we can bring them back in the fold. If not, I'll have this crew right here with you. Thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenya Alcaville, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop, with two of the members of the three of the X's and O crew, DJ Jones, curator of HBC Weekly on Tuesday, and Joshua Self Senior, curator of HBC Nightly on Wednesday. And then obviously we have AD Drew, Brian doing the work in the background. So check them out this evening as they get ready for sports wrap. They'll give you the updates and latest close out on this week and get you started for next. Make sure you tune them in. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday. It's 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We got some basketball media days. We'll see if we can get those updates for the SWAC Tuesday and Thursday, see what that looks like. Women first on Tuesday, men on Wednesday. Uh, as we get back into the action of some football this weekend. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta-Caville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L, inside the HBC Sports Lab on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube, as you know, is inside the HBC Sports Lab. Drink big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. AD? DJ? Of course. <laughs> AD, through. I can hear AD, back to you. Joshua? Get out of here. Safe travels, safe travels, everybody. Nice job.